0: So, welcome all to the AO Podcast series. Over the next few weeks, we'll be really delving into the realm of protest fashion and talking about people's identities, how that relates to their fashion and their own personal protest, and then how this translates to the masses, considering subcultures and their place in today's modern online society. Ooh. So, to kickstart this series, <laughs> we're going straight into the theme of identity and Ooh. how this relates to social rules, social norms and other... Our own personal protest against these so let's begin with mm. finding out how you guys actually identify yourselves do you think other people perceive you the way you want them to or are you even bothered about how other people
1: perceive you
0: mm. so such Christina. a tough
1: question i knew you were going to do that <laughs> <was gonna> touch <laughs> a it's not the easiest question you have to pause and think okay so what is my identity i think you know the sort of basic structures that form your identity of, you know, colour, age, sex, whatever, religion. But for me, as I've gotten older, I think it, it's just changed. I'm talking about my identity, obviously. And also the the sort of importance that I place on morals and values and beliefs, my views on politics, economics, et- you know, etc. All those things actually mean a lot more to me than the more superficial layers of my identity, my personal mm-hmm. identity. To be fair, I don't really care. As I've gotten older, I don't care what people think about me. I really, really don't. And it's incredibly liberating. It's incredibly empowering. And I think that's that's just how I kind of live my life. It, it's just through being able to express myself in the most freest and sort of liberal way possible without mm-hmm. being sort of tied down to my personal identity and how people are going to perceive me. But I mean, is that the same for everyone else? Or how does everyone else sort of feel when it comes to how people sort of judge and perceive you or sort of how you then communicate what you want people to perceive about yourself?
0: No, it's quite, I think how you said, how it's (coughs) constraining. Mm. I think the even regardless of if you give, you know, any damn about what people think of you or not people still do think of you in a certain way Mm. and then they will not judge but kind of interact with you accordingly of how they think and I feel that that is a really it's a massive limitation because even if you know, you give off kind of a certain vibe per se of how you think you are. But if people kind of interpret that differently, Mm. then they will then judge you accordingly from that. And Mm. I think that is, it's limiting because, I don't know, for example, so take me, you're like fairly well-spoken. People instantly kind of assume that you come from
1: a A certain background, background, you have that
0: upbringing, you have that lifestyle. And then, you know based on where you live and it's like, oh okay, you're you're that sort of person mm. but you're not mm. and that's not who you are. And it's hard
1: to move on from that. So how would you define who you are? How would you sort of how do you see yourself if those things that people obviously pick up on or perceive you as sort of coming from a certain place, mm-hmm. if that's not what you want to mm-hmm. be necessarily identified by what is it that you would prefer for people to sort of Ident- sort of see you? Yeah. Yeah,
0: see me as I guess as someone okay, so you know, someone who studies at a fashion uni yeah. and is also, you know, blonde as well. Mm. you as uh, saying with Ellie here. Yeah. yeah. People into think, too blonde studying fashion. <laughs> what what do you think is going to happen there? Yeah. I get quite offended and affronted mm. when people assume that you're a bit shallow or that okay. you're not that clever. Okay. As soon as they kind of hear the words LCF they kind of almost shut down because they're right. like, oh okay, you're that sort of girl. And yeah. I can say this for both of us, you know, we're not. We are educated we are clued up on so (laughs) many things in this world (laughs) so that's that's it that kind of assumption and it's hard to break through that because you also feel like why should I be justifying myself why should I be telling you Oh no, this is who I am again it's like if you don't really care then you don't even feel the need to do that
2: yeah it's so interesting you say that because now you've said I think the other one that one of the first questions someone will ask you is, where are you from? And really, I am from Essex, but you know, I don't ever say that. I same. always say same, Cambridge same, same, because interesting. Okay. there's such a assumption and a stereotype mm-hmm. around that. It's interesting because my mum's side of the family have lived there for years and obviously, I think what Essex was in their day is not the same as now. And so before mm-hmm. there was, you, you know, you said Essex and you just thought agriculture, really. It yeah. was like a huge mm-hmm. area for growing wheat. You didn't get any of the stuff that you get now that I think it's kind of connected to what Tamara was saying. But I think that's been more thought about recently because I saw it on This Morning recently and mm. discussing should that stereotype be broken down. I think it is, but then it's one of those things where you, you've also got to think, you know, you might not conform or be part of that stereotype. Mm. It exists for a reason. You kind of, as much as you don't want to be part of it, you can't ignore the fact that there are people out there like that and they have constructed it. At the same time, I can understand where the assumptions have come from. And I think perhaps it's more on the people that have created it to fix it than the people that assume you're like that.
0: And then, you know, thinking about, again, how if we care what other people think of us as well, I quite often think of myself as, like, very uncaring, being like, I, you know, I don't, I don't care what you think of me, like, I know who I am. But then at the same time... I'm contradicting myself because I'm not telling people I'm from Essex because I don't want them to think of me as like an Essex girl. Is there a reason
1: why? I mean, no disrespect to obviously anyone who does come from Essex. We love Essex. We love people from Essex. But I mean, it's interesting what you say. Explain a little bit why you don't want people to have that assumption.
0: Because again, it's the whole shallow. uh, Yeah, it's the whole shallow, the uneducated. It's Sexually
2: promiscuous is the, di- <laughs> is the dictionary <laughs> definition. <laughs> that is what the Oxford Dictionary says. No way. There yeah, it is. Because oh they have said it, <laughs> and I was
1: like, "Wow."
2: Well, and I'm that not a Catholic. That's what's so ironic about <laughs> oh it. My
1: God. It's
2: like, guys, seriously. okay,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, Interesting. It's... So, so you just try to, in a way, deviate from yeah. I don't that want to be. Mm.
0: You don't want to be part of that. And then it's which mm. kind of you know um, areas are, are deemed Which are deemed bad. And it's kind of, regardless of if we care or not, there are, you know, and you can't deny it, there are good places to come from, there are good areas to live, good things to go to, and there are not so good places to come from. And it's hard to, I think, because it's so widely, not normal per se, but just kind of accepted that even if you want to not care about it, kind of brought out from that like early age to care about it like if someone is from this area that's not a good area and mm. therefore they are that kind of
1: person. Do you know why though? I think it's because obviously the world is becoming incredibly competitive. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we all want to try and strive ahead. Mm-hmm. We all want to try and get a- ahead of the, the the person next to us. And mm-hmm. I think the the more it's important for us to obviously wear the the right hat. Mm-hmm. And be perceived to have come from the right background in order to get ahead. What that for me does is that it creates later on in years, you you end up sort of questioning or you do sort of self reevaluation and you think, OK, but that's not who I am. And that's pretty much the stage I'm at. Not that I felt necessarily that I've had to sort of change or sort of hide where it is that I've come from or who I am, but it's more about, well, actually, now I'm just incredibly comfortable and I almost celebrate what it is that I'm communicating to the rest of the world. And I don't feel that I need to communicate my social class. I don't feel I need to communicate where I'm from in order to get ahead. I just feel as though, accept me for who I am. In a way, it, that's a form of protest because yeah, you're not... you
0: you know, it's like in your day-to-day life, you're kind of just passively going against kind of
1: Absolutely. social norm
0: but then also kind of that poses a question do people actively go against these social norms like for example i know it's so so tiny but <laughs> everyone assumes you know londoners aren't happy no right. one's very nice i actively <clears throat> smile at people on the tube i'm like that person oh. that's like oh hi good morning <laughs> Like, 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 I'm like, okay. I'm so, I just like, just so don't want to like, be right. that angry London. I'm like, that's not me. I'm not, I mean, I'm never yeah. I'm like angry and depressed. Yeah. I feel like
3: my observation on this is, I guess, from where I'm from, like, obviously, like, in New York or America, I feel like in England, a lot of my friends here are not, like, of where they're from or like they'll be like I'm not from this town I'm from here like we have a friend that's from up north and they won't say they're from this town but they'll be like oh I'm from Manchester or like (laughs) instead of saying I'm from insert small town that if I say she'll know who I'm talking about but like and I think that it's weird because I feel like a lot of my English friends here what they're born into is what they feel like they have to settle for whereas back home if you're from the Bronx or from like Park Avenue we like wear it proudly and I think that um, I don't know it's always something that I never thought about until I came here like I never knew anyone that was unhappy with where they came from back home like obviously like especially Queens where it's just like a melting pot for like immigrants and like minorities it was um, I don't know even they came from nothing and they were still like completely proud of where Absolutely. they're from whereas I like feel here like
0: in New York you well not just New York like America yeah you celebrate where you are now yeah and you celebrate exactly. the present yes. version of yourself whereas I think very much in the UK yeah. it's you know yeah you're celebrated where you are now but it's also judged upon where you yeah. know yeah, yeah. the effects of the where class system. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we definitely still feel the victims as much I as they say they're diminished. Like yeah.
3: London in specific, or like most cities in the UK have this very strong class system that back home I don't feel like. Like, for example, there's a really good documentary called Park Avenue or something. And it talks about how like you've got Park Avenue, which is home to the most billionaires in the world. This one avenue, but if you go all the way down to Harlem, it's like the poorest part of New York. We don't have that solid divide of like rich and poor. Whereas in the UK or in London, you can tell like this area is very wealthy you take the train one stop it's very poor yeah. and I think that that's something that doesn't really help the whole like mashing that stereotype and like making people comfortable which is something I think it can make you feel very um like isolated in London where mm-hmm. you'll feel like a certain area is not you and I think it's really hard for people mm-hmm. I guess I'm not sure about you guys but like being international it was really hard to find like your place in London mm-hmm. um, whereas in new york i know that like we would have like typical like soho kids that were like growing up in like penthouses hanging out with kids like us that were just from queens and like and i feel like in london that's not how it is you, you
0: hang around with you know your your niche yeah kind of your people and if and even if you go to different areas and you're not from that area and that area is not you know the people there are not you know who you would hang around with you do not fit in like there's such a vibe postcode envy yeah. and everything oh, like that gosh. and it's ridiculous it's a small it yeah. area yeah. 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 Okay. there is so much, so much stigma experience. about you know your location and how that relates to your identity mm. and I mean you see it on things like Buzzfeed all the time oh, on gosh, Facebook Buzzfeed. and it's like you know the people summed up in like each area in London and it's like I saw one of them and they kind of just did like key areas like Peckham Rexton yeah. Yeah. Um, Clapham yeah. like West London And they literally just completely stereotyped each kind of person from each place and it was like Clapham, these are like like a rugby lad and then a girl with like a big jumper on. (laughs) They're just here for a good time. And then they said West London and then it was awful and it was like holding Aperol spritz, probably with like a bit of white underneath their nose. (laughs) And
2: it's like
3: wow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What <laughs> a stereotype that's that laugh. you want to live up to, you know? Well, the, that's the, not an even, identity. Even with just the, you
1: just explaining that, sorry, it just makes me feel like, what the hell? What the hell yeah. is going on? It makes me feel like breaking free.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. seriously,
1: I think that's just taking it too far mm-hmm. and it's such an extreme. But mm-hmm, yeah. again, it's one of those harsh realities of life where we do often do that. And I think sometimes we do it too. It's a form of like survival as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we like to put people in boxes. It's a form of like being able to, I don't know, process our environment. Yeah. Understand people. Absolutely. But I, I just think by doing that, what you end up doing to yourself is restricting yourself, taking away your empowerment, you're taking away your individuality, you're taking away your uniqueness, the things that make up who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it masks who you are, Mm -hmm. you know, so everyone ends up just sort of wanting to sort of aspire towards being, you know, like a, a shaped bit of cast out identity that's not them. I don't know. I, I don't really social media a lot, but I do kind of feel that there is this emphasis on portraying an identity that's not necessarily yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like hijacking Well, I mean, it's the
0: complete common... It's like the known thing. It's like you, no one is their Instagram self. Like, yeah. No <laughs> one. Like, no one. I'm not I my mean, Instagram self.
1: Like, but why? I mean, I understand why, but... <laughs> How does that make you feel? Or I'm not saying that you guys do it, but Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to sort of get into the minds of those that do. Over a period of time, you're lying to yourself. You're like...
3: I feel like... It's not to say that I support it, but I feel like it's one of those fine lines where it's between when you're pretending to be someone, when you're aspiring to be Mm -hmm. someone, it's like maybe that like where they're from or who they are is not who they want to be. And Mm -hmm. I think that like through these little steps like trying to justify it at least. That's what they do. Like they aspire to be this person and if Mm -hmm. this is their way to getting it. I mean like for example let's say you have someone that wants to be uh, like quote unquote successful and Mm -hmm. things like that. Like through portraying that it sort of surrounds them with, not that it's the good people or the bad people, but it surrounds them with people that have the same mindset as them. Like they're hanging out in the same places and I think that like it is really hard to tell when someone's doing it to be cool if they're doing it because that's honestly who they want to be and I mean like if that's who they want to be there's nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: you, don't you know. judge. Kate okay, I'm going to also ask you in terms of the whole sort of grand scheme of identity is there anything that you've felt in the past that you have kind of had to redefine or you've tried to protest almost?
4: I think it's it's been weird for me because I've never really been bothered at all about what people thought of me even (laughs) when I was quite young but when somebody has learnt something about Mm. me and it's kind of come back at you in some way yeah. and you realise how they mm-hmm. perceive you mm-hmm. that's been quite a shock it's not something I've particularly thought about and mm-hmm. when it's been raised I usually say people ask me where I'm from I say I'm from London I'm actually from Cornwall but a surprising <laughs> number of people don't know where that is and it just saves oh, wow. time <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> so it's mean? just <laughs> easier so I just get London and uh, oh my yeah but then it's it suddenly sort of came up when I went to university mm-hmm. fashion uni kind of quite high pressured mm-hmm. like you said getting very competitive and i was told to go back to the country where no. i belonged oh boy. and it was just like wow oh i didn't God. know i yeah. belonged because oh i wasn't God. you know yes. from yeah. london and that kind yeah, of got I thrown know. back at you because and also because i wasn't kind of into the very competitive it side of it say, i kind yeah. of wouldn't yeah. engage with that yeah. mm-hmm.
2: so I think that's a strength
4: though mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do
3: you yeah know
4: definitely what I, mean?
2: I think if you're so focused on Getting to the front of the queue, you kind of forget what the thing at the front of the queue is that everybody's fighting for, if that makes sense. And by the time you get
4: to the front of the queue, it probably wasn't the thing that you wanted. Yeah, it doesn't look the way.
2: And then
0: with these groups and identities, Mm. I mean, are there any that you, because obviously, like Matthew, you said, kind of, you know, who you aspire to be. Are there groups that you aspire to be into and you aspire to be associated with? Are there any positive sides? two not you know stereotypes. Mm. Know. Oh, I think gosh. like like
1: minded people really yeah. those yeah. that kind of have the same importance or show the same importance the sort of values or shared values that you have mm-hmm. i think that's pretty much that's it it doesn't matter who you are like mm-hmm. where you come from what age you are what gender mm-hmm. you are just as long as we sort of gravitate along the same level you mm-hmm. know that that's pretty much how i'd like to be sort of uh, that's how i would conduct my sort of social surroundings but again i find it quite interesting how people are also very geared towards strategic liaisons with people they like to be associated mm-hmm. as you quite rightly said Mm -hmm. with either a person or with Mm -hmm. either group of people because it makes them, it reflects better upon Mm -hmm. them. Very interesting. You know, you see it, you acknowledge it. I mean, I don't want to judge it. At the same time, I kind of realize that that's another key A key way of people sort of entering into groups that Mm -hmm. they want to be associated with Mm. I think it's just to get ahead
0: because again I mean the groups and they're not tangible if you kind of fly through life on your associations with things and that's how you get kind of self-gratification upon what you are labeled as and what you are attached to you know do you really ever actually achieve things or not achieve things but like if you strip away that then how do you really identify yourself if it's purely with your kind of affiliations
1: absolutely that's where I think people often end up in problems they spend so much time and they concentrate so much on efforts that are geared towards obviously them aspiring towards being something that they're not that they forget who they are mm-hmm. truly and they get lost and then they go through identity crisis you know well, the
0: thing is though i mean identity crisis like it's like a thing now for yeah. early 20s yeah. it's like your quarter life crisis i'm yeah. like i've seen so many things with that rash. so tag, many Jeanette. things quarter life crisis like the early 20s they say now i was reading some sort of study and i can't remember what but they're saying that's the age which people get so confused with life you know kind of historically it's been like you grow up you do something you know you get a job get some money and this is how you go through life but then with these i think people are questioning why is that the norm you know why is that the social norm why can't i do these other things and then therefore you get kind of caught it's a bit like a catch-22 you want to break away from that okay but then now i've got this endless
2: possibility what <laughs> where do I go from people here? are doing it's it true. early because mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think there's definitely going to be people that still you know leave school 16 18 go into full time employment and then mm-hmm. by the time they get to 40 they're like where is that thing in my life mm-hmm. and that's when the sports car comes in but
4: i think people are
2: realizing now that they don't want to get to 40 and do it i think it is almost i kind of see the quarter life crisis as a positive thing weirdly yeah. because mm-hmm. it's like Everybody at some point is gonna to have to figure out a little bit of who are you? Yeah. What do you want? Otherwise you're gonna get in a conflict. And it's like if you can figure that out in kind of a safe zone where you're still an adolescent, mm-hmm. I guess society still gives you a bit more permission to make mistakes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that is a little bit better than waiting till 40 or 50. Absolutely. Because then yeah, because that's then where the a sports cars bit. come yeah. in, because all you've yeah. got to do is to express yourself with there's all that money you've yeah. earned doing what you yeah. hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my this is
1: this is my gripe with society it's like we need to start sort of encouraging people to sort of aspire towards a normal some sort of like mediocre level mm-hmm. where they forget actually their unique and innate abilities to actually supersede and become incredibly successful in their own rights mm-hmm. you know using their own sort of you know resources etc that for me is a healthier outlook and I just don't understand why the schools why education doesn't promote that it promotes you know, pigeonholing. It promotes, you know, jobs that come in very sort of rigid packages Mm -hmm. and boxes. Mm -hmm. That's what it promotes. And so, yeah, the quarter life crisis happens when people literally do wake up. They say, actually, you know, that's not me. That's not what I want to aspire towards. Mm -hmm. Yes, it makes sense. Yes, parents want me to do this because, you know, whatever it will secure, whatever future, Mm -hmm. but that it won't make me happy yeah and I just kind of feel like it's society that's creating this sort of norm this social construct which stops people from actually reflecting and saying no this is what I want this is who I am and this is what I'm going to achieve and Mm -hmm. this is how I'm going to get it
4: I think like this sort of younger generation Mm. which I'm still just about creeping into (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of lucky in a way because like for my parents you had a very set idea of what you did you finished school you went to university or got a job then you got married bought a house had X, Y and Z kids and then got to like 55 and had a monstrous freak out. <laughs> um, whereas like, for like us, with economics dictates, a lot of us are not going to have those things. The house might actually be a pipe dream. You're going to be renting forever and stuff. And that, you mm-hmm. know, that's quite difficult because for your parents, that's kind of how they brought you up. That's not going to happen now. So you're kind of in a bit of limbo of well what do i do because everything i grew up thinking was going to happen mm-hmm. is not going to happen yeah. but at the same time like you, sort of you quarter life crisis is that, what crisis? Yeah. Is that yeah. kind yeah. of
0: life that so set out mm-hmm. for you and so yeah. set out for everyone and being like you get your job you get a promotion at 30 you get married and yeah. you have some kids at 35 and it's just like now we've do, got, do you really care yeah. like is that really yeah, yeah now we've got the opportunity
4: to change to things much earlier, to think I'm just going to walk out of my job and I'm yeah. going to do this, I'm going to go yeah. travelling, I'm yeah. going to do that and yeah. you're not confined to that mm-hmm. anymore. So it's kind of, yeah, I mean there are, there are some negatives then, to it but I think mostly it's a positive thing because you get to sort of not reinvent yourself yeah. but change your life how mm-hmm. you need to mm-hmm. without having that kind of pressure of that's what
1: you do. Mm-hmm. That is a form of protest yeah. and I think that's what makes that moment in your life so incredibly valuable because you do start to sort of think actually this is not what I want yeah Mm. this is what I want
4: yeah I think the only thing about being in my 30s is Mm. uh, I'm high five (laughs) (laughs) I say in my 30s I'm actually creeping out of my 30s (laughs) I suppose I'm in the slightly bit of limbo that Mm. we you know it did get much more drummed in about that's how your life is going to go and not necessarily wanting that but kind of not really thinking about it and now you know jobs change jobs are not guaranteed anymore you know I've lost my job before and then not really knowing what to do because the previous generation have not really experienced that. Mm.
0: I think almost that whole kind of turning 50 not really knowing and being like actually I'm going to now do what I want to do and it's become so and that's become a social norm. A friend of mine was saying a while ago now and he said it completely as a joke but he was like, Oh, I'm just gonna kind of do like he's a like, good uni now, he's like oh, gonna Go do a city job. He was like, Gonna yeah, do a city job and then when I'd had like fifty, I'm just gonna quit it all and then just start a hotel. And then Aww. we were joking how, you know, he's gonna be like the equivalent of like the W hotels like all down like <laughs> east coast of England. <laughs> and then um then I, I kinda of jokingly said after I was like, Well if that's what you wanna do, like do it now do it. go into yeah. the hotel industry yeah. now and he was yeah. like oh no but there's something a bit more special about you know like grinding through and then hitting that 50 mark and then being like what, what am I doing with my life and then doing yeah. what you actually yeah. want to do and it's, it's weird because it's that's what makes totally it. Yeah, telegraph like story I broke <laughs>
2: out at 50 of that city. you don't want to do it
0: but at the same time it's like yeah but you know that's what people do they you know grind through life they go through it and then they do what they want to do and it was like that's normal no that's what that's what we
3: do I feel like it's the whole thing where even though you're saying that like it's a really good thing that people at a young age are figuring out what they want to do it's also super pressuring because now that it's not the norm to just go to school I have friends that are stressing out that's like I need to start a startup I need to do this I need to do this like I'm 20 I think that it's really hard because I have like from experience I have people very close to me that have done it all by 22 23 retired at 25 and now they're like
1: what do they do they're like
3: i followed my dreams and then it's i think everyone hits that point where you realize you can be living the dream life but the sad reality is you're going to hit that point one day when you're like Okay, what's next? And I think that it's really hard. And I think that that's why I kind of do admire the like nine to five grind where it's like you did this, you saved up. And then once you got comfortable, you sort of dabbled into something and did that. Even though it's really great that kids are doing things at a younger age, you also need to realize that it's also okay to not do it at a younger age. For example, Warren Buffett made like 99% of his wealth after 50. Like the guy from McDonald's became wealthy after 50. Like I think that, like obviously I say this, but then I'm being hypocritical because I'm the one that's like, I'm going to do everything at like 14. I like registered a company at 14. <laughs> and then I read her another one, sixteen. Read her one, so I think like it's hard for me to say, but I think that I do admire the people that are like I'm just going to take life as yeah. it is. Well, and it's yeah. like
0: Natalie Massenet as well. You know, she did every job <laughs> under the sun. Then you know. She was with child and was like, "Oh, actually, no. I think this. I think Netta Porter might be a good yeah, idea. Yeah, I think yeah. I could yeah. do this." And <laughs> yeah. and she's lived life, and then she's made this massive empire, mm-hmm. and you know, and then she moves on and does what she wants to do with her life now. Absolutely. But again, it's like as you said, it's yeah. people who kind of have done that they've they've lived beforehand and they've kind yeah. of enjoyed things, and then they've kind of gotten down to the grind right. and been like, "Okay, now it's time to be serious." Which is because, like you said, Matthew, it's like there's so much pressure now to be successful ASAP you know it's like because you have all these opportunities because nothing is laid out for you now you now need to choose what you want to do and then do it and get to that success point as quick as possible because other people are doing it and, and it's, I, I, it's almost I can, like a different form of the rat race yeah. I mean it's yeah. funny because it's yeah. like exactly. our generation has just tried so hard right. to not be that yeah. 9 to 5 grind yeah. but we've ended up in the exact yeah, same, same situation exactly. if anything more pressurising
1: Because and I think that's where the identity and the whole sort yeah. of yeah. trying to create this that's the importance because yeah. we're all striving towards that or at mm. least your generation are yeah. and we want that Now there's this instant gratification for it. So we'll do anything. And
0: I think that whole instant gratification, that's another point. It's like so much in life we do for like for instant gratification. I mean, things like even like with social media and like Instagram, you do it. People get addicted to it for instant gratification because it's all now and it's all like present. And I think
2: it's it's hard because sometimes it. Um Didn't the older generation complain what? Well, I know the older generation complain that oh, yeah. it's like they feel like younger people aren't in it for the long haul yeah, you know obviously divorce yeah. rates have gone up and I feel like maybe that's why I don't want to say obviously that all young people are like this but sometimes you do get the feeling that because mm-hmm. there's like been a shift I'm going to say the word politics mm-hmm. there's been a shift and people feel like they're <laughs> out of control of their lives and what's going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. people just get on the streets and protest about stuff yeah. they don't even know about yeah. like I've yeah. said to you it's like like when we've looked at the numbers of people that have associated themselves to certain things. Mm-hmm. I think the Women's March in America, I'm sorry, I'm going to say that one. I really don't honestly believe all the people in yeah. that march mm-hmm. were fully so dedicated to me. that cause. <laughs> but again, I don't think they were. They just want to protest. They yeah. want to have a yeah. scream. It's associating yeah. with that group. Yeah, they are. You know, that's I think they just wanted they want to, to, I guess, just want to do that. It's like, as much as everybody, it's kind of ironic, because as much as you had figures there, like, you know, Madonna that were breaking so norms and all of that. Yeah. You've then got hundreds of people that are craving to be part of yeah. something yeah. as much as people want to be able to do what they want to do mm-hmm. and follow their innate sense of direction it's a scary idea following that road when you realize you might be the only one on it for a while mm-hmm. yeah. people want to come back to a group like i said i think sometimes people feel like something's wrong in the world and you can't quite put your finger on it and it you know it's affecting your life and mm-hmm. so you're just going to have a rant on twitter or you're going to join a protest <laughs> mm-hmm. because you can't make the change that you want to see mm-hmm. you don't and i feel like that was what you were talking about saying that that's where protest comes from it's people that don't have the job not everybody's a Fucking senator or yeah. an mp yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. what else can you do yeah. Yeah. when you feel yeah. like there's something Me wrong too, but
1: yeah but absolutely absolutely